plenty of pit draft prospects get drafted. In fact, six of them do. Let's talk about the draft weekend for the Pittsburgh Panthers. Coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pit. <laughs> You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Nick Farabaugh. And listen, Pitt has a ton of good things going for them after draft weekend, plenty of good things, including another first round draft pick and so much more. So let's get into it. Kalaja Kansi goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19th overall. And then from there on, also Carter Warren gets picked. Is he a band Kanda? Servasi Dennis, Eric Hallett, and Brandon Hill. And then Hobba Baldonado, Deslin Alexander, Jared Wayne, Gabe Hoy, and others also sign undrafted free agent deals, which is just great. It's great to see these guys uh, really come together and showcase where this program's at right now. Um, and where is it at? It's at a level where, to me, Pitt hasn't been in a very, very long time. And I think that is what makes this so intriguing. You know, when you look at Kalaja Kansi, for example, going to Tampa Bay is such a fascinating fit. And the reason why it's such a fascinating fit is because it's a it's the, kind of the exact type of place I talked about where he needs to go. Um, when you look at this guy, this is a football player that is not exactly ready to go like that. He's, he's going to have a specific role. And by that, I mean, you're going to have to fit him in specifically to me as a third down sub package rusher that really just can go all out. And, and so I look at Kalaja Kansi and say he's a primary pass rusher. I think the question is, how much time does he need? to fully grow into a three down. And is it already there? I think that's the thing. You know, it's it's the size, the length. You know, he's got unprecedented length for the position. Under 32-inch arms. In fact, some of the shortest arms ever recorded at the combine. And so Kalaja Kansi was an interesting player that, to me, obviously absurd athlete. We've seen how disruptive he has been over the years at Pitt. It was all about, all right, Where's the right fit? I think the Buccaneers are actually a really good fit for Kalaja Kansi because of what they asked their defensive tackles to do. And, you know, this guy, if he ends up panning out, Kalaja Kansi could be a top 10 player in this entire class. That's not at all crazy. And you look at what he can do. And in that role, beside Vita Vea, it could have been fantastic. It could be fantastic. I mean, that's exactly what you need. A guy that can you know, eat up those blocks. A guy that can just go after it and really just rush the passer. And, and playing a lot of three technique, which is what he'll do in Tampa Bay, that's what he needed. That's what Kalaja Kansi needed. He needed to go to a team that would allow him to play so much three technique and that would allow him to really embrace that. 
And by playing three tech, he can just pin his ears back while he continues to really build his repertoire up as a run defender and learn how to use his athleticism kind of in a, in a new way at times at the NFL level. And so this was an interesting pick to me. I didn't predict the Buccaneers would be the team to take Kalaja Kansi. He's just such a unicorn in terms of what he can do. You're not going to find many guys that can do what Kalaja Kansi can do on the football field. But when you find players that can do what he can do in terms of athleticism, in terms of pass rush opportunities, boy, it's hard not to be impressed with what Kalijah Kansi has overall on his resume. And this fit, it's a good fit for him on top of all of that. And so that's very important to me in terms of his fit, where he lands, and you look at where it should go from here. It's a very, a very, very strong landing spot for Kalasha Kansi. And, and I like the fact that, you know, he gets to play alongside Shaq Barrett, too, and, and all these guys that are really high-level pass rushers and kind of understand how to do it already they can teach him the intricacies of the nfl and how to use that length that he has because he doesn't have much so it's how do you use that athleticism to maximize your length and and i think that is easily the biggest thing uh that he could potentially learn with the buccaneers but this fit overall really solid for kalaja kansi I, I think it was a complete question in terms of what he could do in the wrong fit. I think with the wrong fit, man, you know, it could have gone really bad for him because he needs a team that will cater to his strengths and allow him to be who he is. And I think that type of player, when you have a uniqueness to you, I think the word unique as a draft prospect is always a scary word to a lot of people. It can be the best word. It can be the scariest word for Kalaja Kansi. And really anyone else, you know, you can even go to the Steelers or, or the Eagles for this. You know, when you talk about um, special traits that that pl specific players have, right? Like Nolan Smith, for example, is only 235 if you're an Eagles fan, but his athletic traits are so unique. But the the weight problem and, and all of that makes him a unique player. And some teams are scared by that uniqueness. I think good coaches and good teams are not scared by uniqueness and they shouldn't be scared by the type of player that Kalasha Kansi is because the natural tools are all there. And Kalasha Kansi could be an absolute star if the team puts him in the right spots and lets him learn the way he needs to learn. And that's exactly what I think the Buccaneers are. I think they're just a great landing spot for him and where his uniqueness is not a negative. It's a positive and where he can shine. And I think that's what Kansi really needed when we were talking about, okay, where's Kalijah Kansi going to land? Because he has to land in the correct spot. And that's been the biggest thing for me. Really going over the entire thing when I was watching it, I was like, where where can Kalijah Kansi fit? Where where does he fit in? And it kind of where the building blocks kind of piece into each other. And I think that is a big spot of where everything kind of just clutches in with one another. Now, I also do want to 
talk about this in particular in terms of fits for Izzy Abanikanda and Carter Warren. And they both go to the Jets, and so does Desmond Alexander, by the way. Just a, It's a New York affair, if you will, up there in New York and, and plenty of other uh, players on the, the, the Giants as well, with Jason Pinnock up there, as well as now, of course, Habbalnado, who signed there. There are just a lot of guys that, that fit into the, all these molds. And you look at, specifically to me, where Pitt is in terms of their development. And a lot of the wide zone teams are going to like these running backs and, and offensive tackles. Frank Cicnetti runs a similar scheme to a lot of teams like Sean McVay's scheme. And, and so, you know, the Shanahan offenses that have branched off, the McVay offenses that have branched off into the NFL, those are plentiful now. And the Jets are one of those teams, and they're going to really like guys that come from this background as a result. And, and Carter Warren, to me, I talked about this when he was picked, just the most underrated player, even by Pitt fans to me, was this dude. I never understood why Carter Warren never got the hype he deserved. Um, he is a dude that absolutely should have been more hyped up. The film is just very, very, very steady. It's very hard not to get invested in kind of what he did on the football field because he was such a great leader and his hands are all there and, and he's got great solid technique already. This guy could be a high upside swing tackle to me that could really transform an offensive line in terms of giving them stability uh, that they needed. And, and I look at this team and say, man, they really, really, really fit what he is. You know, that wide zone athleticism that he has, that's what he is. I think Carter Warren is such an underrated player when we talk about the grand scheme of things. You know, he was the left tackle and – Carter Warren felt like he never really got talked about much. And and when he even went this high, I think some people might have even been a little surprised if you were a Pitt fan when you shouldn't have been. Carter Warren has all of those traits to be really good. And I always think, to me, when we're talking about Carter Warren as a player, you know, we are talking about him kind of wrapping it up together as a full package in terms of, okay, hand timing, mixing up pass sets, all these different intricacies. But I think he's really good. And I think had he not been injured this year with the meniscus injury, we would be talking about him not just as a really good player in, in round four. I think we'd be talking about him as a day two pick that has considerable upside. I think this is a really good pick. As for Izzy, I was shocked he fell as far as he did. I didn't really understand it. Um, Really, I mean, look at where Izzy went and where a lot of these other running backs did. And a lot of players that he went before, just not nearly as good as him. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, the fit with, in terms of schematics with Izzy is good, right? We, we talked about this. 
where this dude's a pure Shanahan running back. And what I mean is he's a one-cut burst and run. That long speed, he reminds you a lot of Raheem Mostert in terms of his ability just to be a track star, right? And that's Izzy. He's a home run hitter, one-cut go. He can be physical, but he that's kind of him. He fits with that mold, and, and you know – he fits with the 49ers. He fit with the Rams. He fit with all those West Coast teams, the McVay teams, all the offshoot teams too. Um, but he fits with the Jets just in a similar manner as a result. I love the schematic fit as a result. I think Izzy can really shine in this scheme. I think that's where he is. I think that's what he is. I don't think everybody kind of caught on to that fact that that's what he is, but that is what he is. And, and so Izzy at this point, as he's going to continue to kind of grow – as a player, he's going to have to be sharpened by this incoming competition because it's going to be competition. And you look at some of the players he's going to have to beat out to just get on the playing field with Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight, uh, also Brees Hall's there coming off a torn ACL, right? I mean, it's just a lot of solid dudes that you're just going to have to really overcome and I think that's going to make him better for it I expect him to make this team I expect him to play I think Izzy is good enough to get in there the Jets did a nice job here kind of fitting to their scheme and I think that could be something we see in the future with some of these future offensive prospects in the on the fronts for Pitt you know maybe a Gavin Bartholomew too um in the future I think that's completely possible um where we just start to see you know teams really kind of mesh together with these wide zone units just because of where kind of pit is on a schematic sense. I think that is very, very possible as we continue to grow towards it. Um, but let's talk about Servasi Adents. He's also going to Tampa Bay. Um, it feels like Tampa Bay looked at Pitt's players and said, yeah, they have question marks because Voss has question marks too. He's a little smaller, hasn't really truly played any linebacker spot in depth like that. Um, so he'll have a big learning curve, but they saw his intelligence. They saw his instincts. They saw his character and said, we want to take a chance anyways. And I think that's a good mantra to go by if you are the Buccaneers. I think Voss is going to have to cut his teeth, obviously, on special teams. But, boy, if there's a guy that will do that, it's going to be Voss. I think that has been always been clear. And when he was at Pitt, too, to start off his career, that's where he cut his teeth. That's where he made his bread, right? You know, But we didn't t- start talking about Servassier Dennis – as a superstar linebacker, we started talking about him because he really popped up on special teams all the time. And, and I think that's kind of where he's going to really pop up at first. Uh, I don't know if he's going to, you know, get on the field a lot, even within maybe the first two years of his career, but I do think he has spot starter opportunities here uh, and, and spot starter upside, certainly. So I think Voss is, is a very interesting player that is just super intelligent I mean, just the type of guy that he's undersized and everything, but you look at him, you look at the skill set, and you say, man, that's a dude that just sticks it in the NFL for longer than anyone thought he did. He's a good player, and I really think that people aren't fully buying into what Voss is. And and I think, you know, that's why he went a little higher than expected. You know, a lot of mock drafts, sometimes he wasn't even undrafted, but he would go seventh round, but he went in the fifth round. And the reason for that is because his intangibles are all there. I mean, very coachable football player, a guy that just kind of brings all of that to the table. And I think that's a very important thing when you're drafting a guy this late. You know, a guy that's willing to do the dirty work. Voss has that in spades. 
And so I like this fit for him. I do, though, want to talk more about these safeties, man. Both of the safeties, Brandon Hill and Eric Halleck, are drafted. Halleck goes to the Jaguars. Meanwhile, Hill goes to the Texans, which is interesting. Now, this continues pitch streak of just having DBs drafted every single year. We talked about that yesterday when we just said, man, Pitt gets DBs drafted a lot. And why? Because Pitt is a factory of source for DB talent at this point. I mean, they've proven themselves on those grounds to be a factory of that. Now, it's interesting to me that Eric Hallett had basically no hype throughout the process. And by that, I mean, he wasn't invited to the combine, and there really was no buzz about him. Uh, I mean, you look at where he was, and, and even say Dade Brugler's beat the beast, and it wasn't anywhere near Brandon Hill. Brandon Hill was far rate for higher he goes before brandon hill and i really like eric hallett man i've always been an eric hallett fan you know he's not like a super athletic guy that's not necessarily always been his game but he had a phenomenal senior season he's one of the smartest football players you can come across um i'm not sure how a guy with the production profile and the coverage skills that eric hallett brings to the table it fell to the sixth round. I, it doesn't make much sense when you thought about it. Like throughout the entire process, like what did what did Eric Hallett do to cause him to fall? And what he, we essentially thought was going to be undrafted, he got picked. But why did he fall that far? I mean, Eric Hallett, man, the toughest position on Pitt's defense at a high level, and we know how easily translatable pit DBs are to the NFL just from history and what we have seen. And you can argue his last season, you know, I don't like to, I don't mean to compare them because they're both great players and were great players, but his senior season at Pitt, manning that free safety spot is arguably as good, if not better than DeMar Hamlin's. And, you know, DeMar Hamlin is a really good football player, you know, all things aside, and, and, you know, he's out there inspiring communities and everything right now and doing everything after, you know, the, the Cambodia Chorus incident in Cincinnati, the guy is a really solid football player. Like, I don't know if people realize this. DeMar Hamlin was going to be a starter next year in Buffalo. Like, he has entrenched himself there. And so, to me, you look at a guy like Eric Hallett, who has just such a similar profile just as much, if not more, ball production. And it's like, why did he fall? Super intelligent player. Um, and so this guy can play nickel. He can play the high safety. He can do a lot of different things. Eric Hallett is going to be the steal of this pit draft class. He'll outplay his draft position. Brandon Hill, on the other hand, all going to be about consistency. The athleticism is there. It's on tape. It was at the combine. It's all there. You know the dude is a stud athlete. It is so obvious that he is. So when you look at this and you kind of bring it all to a apex with him it's all about just finding consistency and so if you find that consistency with this guy to me you can get a starter level guy but he's gonna have to you know 
make sure that his head is on straight in terms of processing. You know, he's got the intangibles, very coachable player. He's going to buy it. And that's one thing you know with Brandon Hill. He's got these inconsistencies on tape, but he has the coachable traits to buy in and really be taught what you want to be selling him. And I think that's very important when we're talking about Brandon Hill and his development at the next level. He's an athlete that needs to be molded into a truly technical sound football player. And he grew over his time at Pitt in that regard. He's a much better man coverage defender than most strong safeties will be at the NFL level. Big hitter uh, that will make a lot of plays. He brings the thunder, can play down low. He can play deep in a cover two high shell. He's a versatile player because of his um, because of his instincts, he's a much better uh, ball hawk than people think. I don't think he had a ton of opportunities to go after the ball in zones, but I think he has a quick trigger discipline downhill to make that happen. I just think there's a lot of positive traits for Brandon Hill when you kind of coalesce everything together uh, for him. And so I really think he could potentially be a guy that also really pops. Um, and so we'll see kind of where it all happens. I think Hobba with the Giants also could be a, a really nice fit. Uh, so we'll see where it all goes from here. But six players drafted for Pitt and six more signed. So that's 12 that are going to be in camps this season for the Panthers somewhat to watch. All right, folks, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked on Pitt podcast. As we end it here, as always, 